Welcome to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, welcome back. Today, we're diving right into part two on the subject of self-leadership. And as I shared with you last week, self-leadership is the strongest predictor of overall success. Here's the thing. We all want to succeed, don't we? Personally, professionally, however you define success, whatever your goals are, self-awareness is essential for you to get there. If we aren't invested enough in our own growth, we'll never be able to lead ourselves or other people. And I know, I know this is super challenging work, but I promise you that it is so worth it. So let's dive into uh, this subject together. A number of years ago, I read this quote from Dr. Pamela Butler, a clinical psychologist, and she said, there is a person with whom you spend more time than any other, a person who has more influence over you and more ability to interfere with or to support your growth than anyone else. This ever-present companion is your own self. Now let that sink for just a minute, right? Because her words awaken in me the importance of self-leadership, that there is no one you spend more time with than you. There's no one who has more influence over you than you. And there's no one who can interfere with or support your growth than you. And to me, this realization was both incredibly empowering, right? Like I have agency, I am capable of leading myself well, and at the same time, quite terrifying because I take me into every situation. One of the most challenging and most liberating things I've learned in my leadership journey is that the one thing I have control of in every situation is myself. Oftentimes, there are so many things beyond my control, but what I can always control is how I respond or how I engage, how I show up, and how I pursue growth. In last week's episode, I gave you three reasons why self-awareness is essential. We talked about how self-awareness is the foundation of leading ourselves well, and it's comprised of these three core elements— First, awareness of self. Second, awareness of others. And third, awareness of how others experience themselves around me. And in this episode, I want to give you some practical ways to lead yourself well, framed by the four dimensions that I talk about in my book, The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership, where I talk about how heart, soul, mind, and strength are our whole being, These four dimensions, heart, soul, mind, and strength, comprise our whole self. And when we show up with our whole self, I believe we bring the best of us to those we lead. So today we're going to look at those four dimensions as applied to self-leadership. Let's start with leading from your heart. When you begin a project or need to make a decision, do you think task or people first? Most of us naturally default to one or the other. And for me, I'm task-focused. That probably doesn't surprise you at all. I like to get things done. I like to define the strategic plan, and I love to see it to completion. 
seeing a project to completion gives me tremendous fulfillment. But early in my leadership journey, this kind of task-driven nature nearly became a roadblock in my development. As a newly appointed manager of what was our sales and marketing department of the record company I worked for, I was pushing the team so hard that within a matter of weeks, they were frustrated, I was frustrated, and we weren't really accomplishing the goals that I had set out for us to achieve. So I'm exasperated by the situation, right? And I go to my boss for advice. But really, I was going to complain about my team because I felt like they were all the problem. But in that meeting, he gave me some feedback that I will never forget. He simply said, if you want to work with people, you're going to have to learn how to love them to lead them. Sounds a lot like leading from the heart, doesn't it? And for those of you who are more relationally wired, this perhaps seems pretty obvious. But for me, it was the unveiling of a blind spot that had the potential to sabotage my leadership influence. I lacked relational intelligence as a leader. I didn't know how to lead with my heart. But here's what I've learned since then. Your heart is the truest part of who you are. It's the center of your emotions, your desires, and your wishes. It's what most connects you with others. So if you want to work with and lead others, you need to be self-aware when it comes to leading from your heart. You need to know who you are and what makes up your personality apart from your title or role or responsibilities. It's answering the question, what is true about you? It's about understanding you. As the importance of self-awareness began to grow in me, my mantra became, lead myself well to lead others better. If I wanted to have influence on others, I needed to first lead myself well. So let's look at some ways that you can become more self-aware and lead from heart. First, lead with an understanding of who you are. When I'm coaching leaders, I'll often ask them the question, who are you? And usually that draws some pretty curious looks and they respond with what seems obvious, their name, their job title, or their role, a role maybe that they have such as husband, wife, mom, dad, etc., And when they discover that that's not really the answer I'm looking for, they get a little flustered. And this is because most of us have not slowed down long enough to really consider who we are beyond title or responsibilities. See, greater self-awareness begins with understanding your personality and your unique wiring. Each of us is a unique collection of gifts, talents, experiences, interests, and passions. And understanding these nuances gives you greater insight into what motivates you and how you interact with others. So here are some things to consider. As previously mentioned, do you see task or people first? You will naturally lean to one or the other. So which is it for you? You just need to know. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? This is about knowing what gives you energy. Do you get energy from being with people or do you rejuvenate alone? And again, knowing this will help you better manage your energy when you're with others. Are you independent or interdependent? And while we all need to learn to collaborate well with our coworkers, if you're naturally more independent, you'll need time to work on a project by yourself before engaging with the group. If you're more interdependent, you'll be more motivated in a role that involves frequent collaboration. And as you evaluate these different parts of your personality, Consider how these unique things about you impact how others experience you. Second, 
Learn how your experiences have shaped you. We're all a combination of nature and nurture. So did you grow up in a strict household that left very little room for mistakes? Was excellence always an expectation? Or did you grow up in an environment that was a bit more relaxed? What were the expectations of your first boss? Or maybe you were in the military or another culture that had a strict routine and that's kind of shaped how you engage others. Did you grow up in a home where conflict was avoided or ended in a big blow up? Or where conflict meant a calm conversation with room for disagreement and mutual respect? See, your experiences, especially in your formative years, have likely created unconscious expectations for yourself and others. So consider how your life so far has shaped your view of yourself and how you interact with others. And third, the best of our leadership will emerge from emotional intelligence. This means understanding your emotions, desires, and how you influence others. We all have behaviors that affect how we lead and interact with others. Many times the behavior stems from our own experiences, trauma, and circumstances, So give yourself time to consider how all of these pieces of your story have influenced your life and leadership so far. What can you learn? Where do you have blind spots? I highly recommend engaging a trained counselor to help you reflect and process. We all need wise voices to help us grow. Their insight will be extraordinarily valuable in helping you gain healthy perspective. We want to lead from our heart, and we also want to lead from our soul, which is the second dimension. And the soul is the part of us that longs to know God. It's the epicenter of morality, integrity, humility, and servanthood. And today I'll frame leading from soul in the context of knowing what you value. A key part of self-awareness is understanding what you value, what's really, truly important to you. In order to lead from your values, you need to know what you find most important in life, and why. If you were to come to my home, you would quickly see what I value. A library full of books is my favorite room in the house because I deeply value learning and growing. A wall in my office is full of signatures of leaders whom I've had the privilege of coaching. Running shoes and sports equipment are frequently at the door because I value exercise and being outdoors. And pictures of my family are abundant because these are the people who matter most to me. Understanding your values is the key to learning what drives you. Then you can begin to develop the attributes that are essential to your outside influence, things like character, integrity, morality, and emotional and spiritual health. So what are your values and what is their source? What are your core motivations and convictions? What is your driving why? Take time to reflect and recognize any patterns present in your behavior how you manage your time, your priorities, or your decisions. What does your calendar tell you that you value? Consider your values in every sector of life, relationally, physically, spiritually, and professionally. What principles do you stand on in each of these areas of life? Your actions, decisions, conversations, and behaviors are all driven by what you value. Did you catch that? Your actions, decisions, conversations, and behaviors are all driven by what you value. So why do you handle conflict the way you do? What is the root behind how you make decisions? Why do certain conversations excite you and others drain you? 
Consider your character and integrity. What is true and what do you want to be true? What are you still aspiring to? What needs to change so that your reality and aspirations are congruent? What morals do you live by and how does that impact your influence? How do you want people to see you? What do you want to be known for? What do you want your leadership legacy to be? These questions start to give you insight into what you value and how well you're leading from your soul. And you have values whether you've intentionally stated them or not. Reflecting on what you value and why will help you clarify the values that you want to be true of you and then set you on a course to intentionally lead from these values. The third dimension that we'll look at is leading from your mind. And your mind is the seat of intellectual activity. It's where you process, deliberate, ponder, reflect, and remember. It's absolutely amazing what God has designed our minds to do. Neuroscientists tell us that barring severe trauma, our minds and our brains can constantly be learning and growing. So that's good news, right? Once again, we have agency. It's within our power to continue to grow, learn, and improve. And this begs the question, do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? When presented with a new challenge, are you inclined to think, I can't do that, I don't know how? Or is your first response, let me figure it out? See, this single question, do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, could change the way you see yourself and your leadership journey. For many of the leaders I coach, they express frustration that no one is investing in their development or that they can't find a mentor or that their company doesn't provide resources for training. And as a result, all they see are limits and they've succumbed to the belief that they don't have opportunities to grow. My response, your development is your responsibility. Seize it. No one else is responsible for your development. You are. In order to lead from your mind, Embrace a growth mindset. Commit to making lifelong learning a normal aspect of your life. Build it in, especially in a world that is changing with such frequency. There's always room to grow. There's always something new to learn. And this recognition should cause us to approach leadership with an attitude of humility. While you'll become an expert in some area of your business, wise leaders understand that they need to be constantly learning from others and open to new ideas. Here are a few ways to cultivate a growth mindset. Simply read. Read books and articles and resources. You've heard the adage, leaders are readers. But it's true. Studies tell us that CEOs read an average of 60 books a year. So if you want to grow, developing the habit of regular reading is essential. Seek out new ideas Inspiration can come from anywhere, so remain open to new ideas, books, social media, email lists, podcasts, etc. Remain curious and surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. A Harvard Business Review article shares, Welcome to the era of the curious leader, where success may be less about having all the answers and more about wondering and questioning. Curiosity can inspire leaders to continually seek out the fresh ideas and approaches needed to keep pace with change and stay ahead of competitors. And finally, find environments that will force you to blossom and learn new things about yourself. 
Seek out people who are younger, older, in different industries and different circumstances and learn from them. A growth mindset will allow you to adapt and change and stay competitive in today's world. And the fourth dimension I compel you to consider is leading from strength. And in this context, I equate strength with vision because vision provides hope and it gives us strength to keep going. When we see a future, it gives us hope to keep moving. Personally, I begin every year with a day of reflecting and planning. I clear my calendar and I choose a location where I don't normally work. A friend and pastor, Mark Batterson, says, change of place plus change of pace equals change of perspective. And that's exactly what I do. I found this formula to be true, especially when I need to set vision for the coming year. And so in that planning day, I'm reflecting and I'm setting goals for myself personally, professionally, spiritually, physically, relationally. This discipline has given me valuable insight into my priorities and deepest desires. And it sets the course for my year. In order to lead well, you must pursue vision and direction in your life. Setting goals and casting a vision for yourself, your family, and your career are key steps to leading with vision. Here are some ways you can do this. The first is develop discipline. Now, we don't love this word, but discipline has the power to get you from stating your personal and professional goals to actually accomplishing them. Author and professor Cal Newport would call this deep work. In his book of the same title, he claims the ability to perform deep work is becoming increasingly rare at exactly the same time it's becoming increasingly valuable in our economy. As a consequence, the few who cultivate this skill and then make it the core of their working life will thrive. A second way we lead from vision and from strength is by having a vision for your life that integrates all of your life, personal, professional, spiritual. You need a vision for your whole life. How do your goals and plans serve you and your family in the long run? Third, know your boundaries. Your values will determine your priorities, so use your values as guiding principles to help you determine what to say yes to and what to say no to. What are the filters you need to make good decisions? For example, having served as an executive director of two large organizations, I've had to wear numerous hats. In many ways, my experience has taught me to be a utility player. But just because I can reconcile the budget or oversee a building project doesn't mean that those are the best areas for me to direct my energy. My values of developing leaders and cultivating great teams helps me say no to projects that are outside these areas of focus. And fourth, stay focused on the things that only you can do. With a greater understanding of your strengths and weaknesses, you know how and when to play your part. You don't need to do everything. You don't need to be everyone's hero. There's freedom in that. So know where you contribute best, aligned with your values and congruent with your vision. One of the quotes that I keep on the wall of my office from Catherine of Siena says, Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. Isn't that what we all want? That's my hope for you. With greater self-awareness and understanding of what it means to lead from your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, you will lead yourself well and therefore lead others in extraordinary ways.
So here's my recommendation for you this week. Schedule some time to reflect on who you are and what is unique about your personality. Consider your values and how they influence your decisions. Assess where you need to grow and then map out a vision for your leadership future. See guys, I want you to lead well and I believe extraordinary leadership begins with great self-awareness, with great self-leadership. And I truly believe it will change things both for you and for those you lead. So if you'd like to take a step toward developing the type of self-awareness we talked about today, we have that free resource for you that I've talked about before. It's called the Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership Assessment. It'll help you assess your leadership in heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you can get your copy by simply texting Foresight, that's the number four, and the word SIGHT, S-I-G-H-T, to 773-770-4377, and you'll get that free download. You'll also receive our weekly leadership insights that will continue to help you on your journey as a thriving leader. So again, text Foresight, the number four, the word SIGHT, S-I-G-H-T, no spaces, to 773-770-4377. My passion is to cultivate healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations, and our mission is to equip you with the foresight for success. So keep leading well, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.